The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. It's time for this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, I wish we didn't have to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Well, I wish we didn't have to talk about this subject either, but it is important to understand, particularly for those of us as believers, that our life here on earth is the beginning and not the end. And we're going to get into that later on today in the show. All right. We're going to talk about how to care for a dying patient. We are always so positive on this program and so hopeful. At least I hope we are hopeful. Absolutely. But you have to face the reality that we're all going to die yep. someday. Yep. And we're all going to deal with uh, with dying and with grief. So why not talk about it? Well, absolutely. First and foremost, the Holy Scriptures tells us that it's been appointed once unto every man to die and then the judgment. So we're going to start from the, from the premise of what the Holy Scriptures tells us, even with our Lord and Savior, he had to experience death. But again, as I stated a moment ago, this life is only the beginning. The second part has to do with the reality of our salvation, the resurrection, and the second coming. Yeah. And so we have something to look forward to. And so death is not so much the dynamic as understanding what comes behind the transition of this mortal flesh. Yep. But we're going to talk about some things. For today. the Christian believer, uh, gr- grief is different, isn't it? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean it's any less painful, but it is different. There is an element of hope. We'll talk about that here today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. In addition to talking about it, we want to leave you with a resource, and I'll mention it right now. It's called Dealing with Grief and Loss, written by Percy. And Percy, we want to make this available to our listeners right well, now. As, as the case with everything that we do with this show, we always want to leave our our listeners with something tangible in their hands that they can take back uh, and then uh, be empowered uh, with with an instrument. And so this document helps us to, again, uh, equip ourselves with the conversation and the thought of death and dying and being able to sit down and hopefully support people through uh, dealing with grief and loss. The reality is at the end of the day, grief and loss is part of our human experience. And we need to be equipped and prepared to help step people through that. So we have pulled together schools of thought and a compilation of principles. I did not write these principles, but these are some principles that we pulled together. It is not exhaustive and it is not in any chronological order, which is the other important dynamic, because everyone experiences and expresses grief and loss very differently. That's very key. Yes. And so we should not expect any one person to uh, express their grief and loss in the same manner as someone else. It would be a mistake to to put that burden upon individuals. We need to allow them to uniquely and individually express their grief and loss. But there are principles uh, within this that talks about shock, denial, guilt, sorrow, and depression, acceptance, uh, engaging life, that in any particular order, there may be some elements of these that individuals will experience and express that we should be equipped to help step people through. It's called Dealing with Grief and Loss, and it's available as a downloadable resource right now, free of charge. There's no obligation for this. Just go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com, and you'll see it right there to click on and to download. Dealing with Grief and Loss. You can also listen to this podcast 
podcast uh, on our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can go to any one of the many podcast apps, including iHeartRadio, which yes. is now carrying this program. Or you can uh, go to iTunes directly. And when you go to iTunes, make sure you leave a review of our program. We really appreciate that. That helps others know what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah, just give us a little love note and let somebody else know. A little, little shout-out. That's a little shout-out. <laughs> we, right. we appreciate that. Okay. Well, again, the website is healthhopeandinspiration.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. There they treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and when you do, click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options, and the toll-free number is 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we can't have any conversation about death and dying without looking to the scriptures. Yeah, and I have, uh, this is uh, my granddaddy scripture uh, that I use at at any uh, memorial service or at the passing of, of anyone that I'm asked to speak on behalf of. And it's found in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. And actually, we could read uh, so much of this, but we'll just read verse 13 okay. for the sake of time. And it says, brothers and sisters... We do not want you to be uninformed. In the King James Version, it says ignorant. Ignorant, uh-huh. Yep. Uninformed or ignorant about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. And I want to be clear. The Scripture didn't say that you do not grieve. It says that you do not grieve like uh, um, uh, mankind who have no hope. Because for those of us as believers uh, who are connected to the principles and the promises of the Word of God, uh, we have a living hope and a living promise in the resurrection of the dead and that those that have gone before us, that we will see them again and we will be reunited with them. And that's a great thing. Oh, my goodness. That's so very important to keep in mind. So that's our starting point for a conversation about death today and dying is that there's always hope. Absolutely. When we talk about who God is and when we talk about the faithfulness of God, first of all, God does not give hope. I say it all the time. I preach it all the time. Don't ask God to give you hope. Understand that God is hope. He, the, the Word of God says the God of hope. He doesn't give it. He is the, the essence of his being is hope. The essence of God is love. The essence of God is grace. The essence of God is mercy. So when we, when we go to God and when we are uh, engaged with him in relationship, we have access to the very nature of who he is. And so because of that fact and that principle, there is always hope. But we do need to recognize that every person at some point, you know, short of, uh, you know, the concept of the rapture mm-hmm. will die uh, in, in, and we will experience that. And there is great comfort to be found in our eternal hope. Our role, Wayne, is to help people find hope for this life and the next yeah. to come. And when we use the word hope, it's not a uh, it's not a squishy word. It's not a uh, maybe. No. It's a confident expectation of things to come. That uh, the apostle Paul said that my 
eager and earnest expectation, which is defined as biblical uh, spiritual hope, is that is found in the fact that God is eternal, that he uh, never changes, he never shifts, that if God said it, he will do it. And that gives us great hope. I know of no other source, person, organization, uh, industry that gives us those type of comments yeah. of promises of not changing, not shifting, uh, not taking back their word. Today, God is eternal, and so are his precious promises, and that gives us great hope. Well, you've been at the bedside of people who are dying uh, are you able to communicate hope? What What do you say? Absolutely, I get. I've gotten this question asked to me so many times. Well, Reverend McCray, what do you say to someone that's dying? Well, how are you hopeful under those circumstances? So I'll give you a great story. Uh, uh, I can remember vividly. I haven't told this story in a long time. There was a middle-aged gentleman uh, and his wife, wonderful people, uh, faithful in their church community, uh, great family man, uh, retired business person who were, who was experiencing end-of-life uh, stages. And part of uh, our role as hospital ministers is also to help people step through that process. Mm-hmm. Uh Hospital chaplains and ministers do so much more than that, but certainly that is in part and partial uh, some of the things that we do. And um, and basically, we were simply waiting uh, for him to make his transition to keep him comfortable and to support his wife. And in the midst of that, uh, his wife had called his three sons who lived in different parts of the United States, and they were trying to get to the hospital as yeah. soon as they could yeah. to say I, their final goodbyes. I know what that's like. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it is an, an incredible emotional and in many cases tense moment and um the the patient was really experiencing some very physical discomfort even though he was un- unconscious and i recall the wife pulling me in the hall and and taking my hand and asking the question of me and said this would i be a bad wife if i gave my husband permission to just go oh because she said, I felt like he was just holding on. For until, her sake, yeah. And, and yeah. for his sons to come so yeah. that he oh, could see, I see them. right. And so she, she, and this is very important. She said, would I be a bad wife and would I be a bad Christian if I gave him permission to mm-hmm. leave? And I looked her in her eyes. I said, no, you would not be a bad wife. And you would not be a bad Christian. In fact, you would be a good wife and a good Christian that if indeed this is now his time to leave, according to the scripture, appointed once unto every man, we are to die. And then the judgment, if that indeed is now that appointment, then you're giving him permission to graciously and gracefully do just that. What a moment. She asked me, Wayne, I will never forget today. She said, will you go in the room and help me do this? Mm-hmm. And so we go into the patient's room He's unconscious. He's experiencing some some very interesting things with coughing and, and regurgitation. And, and she simply leaned over his bed and she said, listen, sweetie, if you're ready to leave, you have my permission to go. You do not have to stay here Beautiful. any longer. I give you permission to go. And I would say within five minutes, patient sat up, looked in the corner of the room and began singing. Oh, man. And said, Lord, I hear you and I'm coming. And I stood right there and I held her hand and I I literally watched him transition and basically pass away. Now, I want the audience to hear me very well today. It was the most beautiful. It was the most graceful. 
It was the most dignified thing that I've ever been a part of. And being witness to someone graciously in peace, in the comfort of God, transition into the arms of their Lord. That is powerful. It really is. We've talked many times that cancer does not equal death. And we certainly hope that anyone listening who has cancer and has had a cancer diagnosis is going to survive and lead a long life. But we have to prepare for the possibility. All of us do, don't we? Absolutely. Hopefully there are individuals who have listened to more than just this particular show. And if you have not, we encourage you to archive some of our previous shows. We could not be any more hopeful. We cannot be any more intentional around the potentiality and the possibility that cancer is beatable and it is treatable and it is survivable. But we are honest on this show and we make sure to give a balanced message that there are those who for various different reasons will not necessarily survive a bout of cancer. But we are not automatically equating cancer with death and dying. I want to be absolutely clear here, Wayne. I understand. I know many, hundreds, thousands of people who have survived a bout of cancer. So we are simply talking about the possibility and the potentiality of if and when that does happen, that we will not put our head in the sand and hide like an ostrich, but we will stand tall in the face of anyone that may transition just as much as those who survive a bout of cancer and still declare that God is part of that process. And if anyone can do that, those that are in the Lord can do that. And we should do that at the end of the day. Yes, we have scriptural reference of Jesus weeping over his friend Lazarus, but then Jesus turns right back around and then he basically declares, Lazarus, come forth. So there is a time and a place to cry. There's a time and a place to mourn and weep. And then there's also a time and a place to rejoice and declare victory and success. And we need to be ambidextrous spiritually. Mm-hmm. We need to have we need to be able to work with our left hand and our right hand. Every day is not on top of the mountain. So again, to the believer here, let's not get in denial. There are days that we have to experience difficult uh, dynamics that we are equipped and prepared by the grace of God and the Spirit of God. That when that doesn't go as we thought or as we believed, we have the strength of the Lord to help us work through that, just as we do on the days of quote unquote victory and success. Well, there are several categories of preparation that I want to talk with you about, and maybe we can do that in just a moment as uh, we head into the second half of our conversation here today. But let me pause and just remind our listeners that with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa. Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support. Of course, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services, but know that treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. The phone number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
So today with Percy McRae, we're talking about how to care for a dying patient. I wish we didn't have to talk about these things, but it's only right that we address it head on. And uh, let's talk about preparing uh, for that discussion. There are four ways to prepare. Yeah, we've kind of outlined four specific dynamics of preparation that we think would be important uh, if one should find themselves in the process of supporting someone uh, who may be uh, in end of life, as we call it in the industry. And the first one is obviously emotional preparation. Clearly, uh, coming to terms with mortality and death and dying uh, can shake one's emotions. There's no question about that, and we're not going to try to skate around that. But once cancer patients you know, conclude that their time on Earth is short or come to terms with that, and again, everyone should come to terms with that in their own way. We shouldn't necessarily force someone down that road, but we should allow people, hopefully, to be able to naturally transition into that. And let me say this, that quite frankly, a lot of cancer patients uh, ha- are intuitive to know when they when they believe and think that you know I think I may be uh, in the end stages here mm. and I've actually had cancer patients uh, say to me will you help me have that conversation with my loved ones oh okay absolutely so, so it goes both ways that's exactly correct yeah. so in many cases Wayne what I have learned death and dying is not necessarily difficult for those who are dying. It's for the people that they leave behind. I understand that, yeah. And so then that creates anxiety and an emotional distress for the person who understands or is actually has acquiesced to the position, I'm ready. I've I've set, I've gotten my house in order and I'm ready to take this transition, but it's my wife or it's my children. So that becomes very intricate in preparing either the patient and or the family members emotionally for it's that. It's different with different families, but God gives grace. Absolutely. It's different for and that's why we have to be open to the to the spirit of God that can that can give us that grace and lead us down that nuanced uh, role for conversation, how to handle that accordingly. Well, let's be honest, there's relational preparation many times because sometimes families aren't exactly on the same page when it comes to relationships. Well, let's be frank about it. We live particularly in a current day and age that there is a lot of dysfunction in families for various different reasons. There are histories of things, unresolved issues, uh, things that have needed to be stated or said. I have had on many occasions where I've had to pull family together and sit down and say, listen, guys, let's sit down and talk about some things and get family to kind of emote in some cases even repent and ask of for each other's Absolutely. forgiveness. Yeah. I had a family one time around their grandmother who was very dysfunctional, and they were arguing at the bedside no. while the grandmother is dying, and it became clear and obvious to me that there needed to be some closure among the family members. At the very least, set aside those differences if you can't even reconcile them at that moment. And so I recognize by the Spirit of God, we need to have a kumbaya moment and get some, some, some closure here, and got the family to basically talk about some things and they begin to ask forgiveness of each other in the presence of their grandmother and did so. And when they did that, she relaxed and then she transitioned okay. and went home to be with the Lord. So yes, a relational preparation, husbands and wives in some cases need to forgive each other. Uh, uh, siblings, 
among each other or children and and the loved ones. So there's a lot of dynamics that we can be very influential in helping to prepare individuals from a relationship perspective with regard to that. So there's emotional preparation. There's relational preparation. What else? Then, of course, you know, the big one here is spiritual preparation. Obviously, when we begin to talk about transitioning from this life to the next life that's been promised to us, first and foremost, we need to try to assure that that person is steeped in the fact that they have a relationship with the, with their with their Lord and Savior. Yeah, we, we believe that with all our heart. Absolutely. And again, attempt to try to go down that path. I can recall very quickly of a gentleman uh, who sat before me who never wanted to have a real spiritual conversation. And over a period of time, three, four months uh, came back and basically was experiencing now end of life scenarios. And I had to really take make an attempt then to say, okay, I need to see if we can kind of cover this ground a little bit with regard to his relationship with God. And ironically, because of uh, the way that the relationship was handled previously, he had actually, uh, on his last visit back home, he sat down in his backyard and gave his life to the Lord. Hmm. And so when I approached him about that, he said, Reverend, I've already taken care of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, I've made amends of my past. I've asked God into my life. I've asked the Lord into my life, and I'm in a good place. So, again, being able to broach that conversation yeah. from a spiritual perspective to help people be prepared for that. Well, ultimately, it's between the individual and God. Ultimately, it is and always. We, we don't know. We do not know. But we can perhaps be a catalyst. We can be a catalyst. We need to be careful that the patient doesn't view that engagement as another notch on our gun belt. Good point. You know, like we're a gunslinger, yep. but that we are truly invested in their personage and who they are. And when they believe that we really genuinely care about them, in many cases, they will allow us to go down that spiritual conversation. Maybe we can gently and carefully use scripture. And then apply uh, applicable scriptures that make sense that that person may be open to at that point. And I've certainly seen that. I've seen some of the most ardent uh, non-believers or agnostics that basically circled back around and was very open to appropriately applied and recommended scriptures that then they were very open to receiving under those circumstances. The fourth category of preparation is personal. Well, you know, we could actually roll all of the previous three into this. It's all personal at of the course, end of the yeah. day. It really, truly is. Yeah. But I want to emphasize person. You know, I think sometimes in ministry and in the world of evangelism, we lose sight of the fact that we have a person sitting in front of us. Mm-hmm. Christ was the best. Jesus Christ was the best at really understanding the personage of the individual that sat before him. And so sometimes dying cancer patients benefit from looking back at their lives. Uh, It can be very fulfilling to gather with family members and go through old photo albums, videos. Uh, I've gathered family around the bed of a dying patient to sing, uh, to share final thoughts. And I can tell you it is a very impactful, empowering dynamic to equip people to be able to do that. And again, I want to emphasize giving people a dignified, gracious transition that God has honored where we're not necessarily fighting against what is happening, but we're allowing the natural uh, transition of things to take place because of some of the personal preparational perspective that we allow the patients and their family members to enter into. A lot of patients like to revisit, well, when I was younger, when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. when I first dated my wife, when I 
understandable. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we need to be fully present to allow them to unpack that under those circumstances. We'll continue talking about how to care for a dying patient here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Let me just pause and say that according to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will have cancer during their lifetime. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. And that's why we developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to help equip and empower every church in the country to better meet this great need. So if you're a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. And when you sign up, you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our monthly informative email newsletter. So it's simple to sign up. Just visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page, and there you can sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. And what a privilege to serve people in this way through your church. So check that out at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Talking about caring for a dying patient today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I don't think I've ever gone to a funeral that it hasn't impacted me to hear Psalm 23. It just, you know, I have a friend who says that that psalm was not written by a young man. Mm. That had to be written by an older person yeah. who really understood what was to come. Well, and, and who has seen and experienced, you know, uh, the highs and lows of life and, and engagement um, has had disappointments, have had great victories and successes. That certainly would describe and be uh, apropos for the writer, which was King David, who experienced tremendous great highs with God, but also experienced some difficulties and some lows with his own personal life, with yes. his family, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I agree with that 100%. Verse 4 of Psalm 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Sometimes called the valley of death. Yes, right? yes. You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's coming from someone who's been there, as I often say, done that and got the T-shirt to prove it, my friend. <laughs> you can't make that statement if you haven't walked that path no, before previously. No. Well, let's continue to talk about the hope we have as believers in Jesus Christ. Well, the you know, the final thought of the day is this. Uh, death and dying is a reality. Death and dying can be difficult. Uh, death and dying is not necessarily comfortable, and no one is signing up for that per se. But when we begin to be reinforced with the principles of the Word of God and the promises of the Word of God, and our opening scripture uh, basically established it best, it said that first in First Thessalonians 4, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant about those who sleep in death so that you not you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Today, our hope is in the resurrection of the body, that we will see our loved ones who have died in Christ. We will be reunited with them and we will see them again. And we're going to see them in their glorified state where there is no more pain, mm. suffering, no disease, tears, no, yep. no tears, and that we're going to see them in the splendor of the glory of the Lord. And that is worth the price of admission, my friend. Well, it was very important that we deal with this topic today, how to care for a dying patient. But we don't want to leave you without resources. So we've put together Dealing with Grief and Loss. And Percy, thanks for doing this, by the way. I know that you have a heart to help people uh, who are struggling with all of these issues that we address on the program. And this one is, is a tough one, isn't it? It is. But, you know, even in the most difficult experiences, 
Uh, we know that God's love for us is consistent, is limitless, and is full of compassion and the source of all the hope and strength we need. And this document simply will help us to help others step through that when they face that and be encouraged because at the end of the day, we win, we win. Amen. Dealing with grief and loss available for download at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, God bless you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, my friend. And again, be encouraged because the best is still yet to come. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Join us next time. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.